This is Konzenshu, the podcast episode 502 for the week of June 11th, 2023. Well, hello, welcome back to Konzenju, the podcast, mm-hmm, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Konzenju. Mm-hmm. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. A slightly delayed episode meant to record this, I think, last week. Then I was not so healthy last week, and then we were thinking about maybe let's record it last night. And Heath texts me and he's like, I don't think this is going to work. And I'm like, that's okay. I'm lying in bed with an ice pack on my face with a migraine. We're definitely not recording tonight. So here we are about a week and a day later to talk about Dragon Ball. My name is Mike. You may see me around as Fujito EX. Uh, welcoming back to the show. It's also sort of his show as well. Um, last time on the show, Heath, you were here in person. You're not here in person anymore, though. Unfortunately, I am not. Sorry. I tried to make those arrangements, but the TSA had different things to say on that. So <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think we have those uh, flight costs built into the Patreon. That's okay. Uh, well, welcome back. It's great to have you here, sir. It's great to be here and to see some handsome faces. On loan from a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ken. This is... This is my first time being here since I joined We Got a Podcast. Yeah, yeah. How's that working out for you? Uh, great. You know, I'm accepted for my uh, solid state scouter opinions there. And Oh, that's right. I banned you from the show, didn't I? Yes, you did. Oh, yeah. I forgot. All right. Well, this will be your last appearance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great to have everyone here. We have a heck of an episode for you. We mentioned last time on the show that we were going to continue the Battle of God's gravy train, I think is what I said. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But that is what we're doing. Uh, last time we talked about the Battle of Gods is 10 years old which is wild. So we took a look back at the original film from 2013. This time here on the show, the three of us have been flown down to talk about the Dragon Ball Super manga adaptation of Battle of Gods. Uh, 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 not just the Dragon Ball Super adaptation of Battle of Gods. We're talking about the Dragon Ball SD manga adaptation of Battle of Gods. Uh, uh, not just that. We're talking about Victory Mission in Battle of Gods. Battle of Gods has been, I don't want to say adapted, Several times. I guess it's been adapted twice in manga form. One's not a complete... I, both aren't complete versions of Battle of Gods, I guess. And then Battle of Gods appeared as a side... Not even a full-page chapter. It was like a half-page bonus cameo appearance for a different manga. We're going to look at everything that Battle of Gods has to offer in manga form. Now, Heath, a long time ago, I didn't dig up the exact episode number, but we actually did this episode before. And there have only been, I think this will make the second time that we've redone a topic. Once was, I think we accidentally reviewed the Trunks TV special twice. But the yes. second time, I think, was with Jeff when we were going through the manga review and it made sense to do so. Um, I think that was unintentional. This is an intentional redo of a topic where we're going to re-review the Battle of Gods portion of the Dragon Ball Super manga. And then, as I mentioned, we didn't actually review any more of the Super manga until we got to the manga original content. So there's a possibility for us here to kind of start at the beginning, back in the lost episodes, the lost chapters of the Dragon Ball Super manga, and possibly make our way forward in history again. We'll see where the future history takes us. But for now, it's Battle of Gods 
Manga Time. We have a lot to cover, a lot of ground to cover. I'm very excited to do this because this was, as rewatching Battle of Gods, this was a wild ride going back to these early chapters. So without further ado, Heath and Ken, here we go. Before we get to the Dragon Ball Super manga, we're going to jump back in history to contemporary with the theatrical release of Battle of Gods, because it did appear in manga form a couple ways. Uh, we start here with Battle of Gods SD. Dragon Ball SD, this is a wild period for Dragon Ball manga. You're going to hear all about this. Naho Oishi was kind of the thing in Dragon Ball spinoff manga. Sure, Toyotaro's two years away from doing Dragon Ball Super. But here in 2013, Naho Oishi has done the two-chapter adaptation of the Jump Super Animator special. She's done the three-chapter episode of Bardock manga version, which then got an animated adaptation. Here in 2013, we're into the second year of Dragon Ball SD in a monthly reboot in Psycho Jump, a at this point a fairly new magazine, only going into its third calendar. 2011 was quarterly, 2012 started monthly, 2013 continues monthly. So it's still fairly new. Oishi is kind of like top of her game here. She's getting all the big stuff. So when it comes to, all right, we have a new film coming out. We're going to do a cool manga adaptation teaser thing of it. It doesn't go to Toyotaro. It goes to Naho Oishi. And that's what happens in the April 2013 issue of Psycho Jump, which came out March 4th, which is less than a month ahead of the film's release at 30th. We get Battle of Gods, an SD adaptation. Uh, It hits in its serialization between chapters 15 and 16, which is like the muscle tower stuff of Red Ribbon. So it actually like breaks and then does this, and then she goes back to what she was doing. It later gets collected in the second volume of Dragon Ball SD. It's just a few pages. It's a regular Dragon Ball SD style chapter. We talked about it when it first came out. I thought it was important to go back to it here and see what it was and how it felt. Uh, Ken, what was your impression checking out Battle of Gods SD here? I have not read a whole lot of SD, but I've always heard that it becomes increasingly more just kind of straight-faced a retelling as yeah. it goes. Yeah. And that's how I felt reading this. The thing that stood out to me the most was the the self-referential, uh, you know, well, in Dragon Ball SD, I'm always mm-hmm. 16 years old. Yeah. Which I actually did kind of uh, enjoy because Vegeta says that, like, Bulma's always saying the same thing every year. Yeah, yeah. It kind of ties into the timeline and Bulma's saying she's 38 when she's actually 45 in Battle of Gods. But, you know, <laughs> that's how I minded with stuff. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's funny because we we often joke about there's usually only one joke for a Dragon Ball SD chapter. And that's kind of it. Like, I think Kududin says a little something after that. For the most part, like, it's it just plays out the early part of Battle of Gods. Like, it's what we saw very often in the early promotion of Goku meeting Beerus, the, the fight, Super Saiyan 3. We saw a lot of that stuff early on in promotional trailers. And we kind of just get it straight here in SD. Uh, and this kind of feels par for the course where, where we're going to hit movie adaptations where we get like the early part we get a teaser of it um we'll talk about Toya tarwin a little bit with his resurrection f manga which was an early introduction to the film incomplete just the the early stuff this seems to be like what they did back then was let's let's tell the early parts and hope you go see it in the theater heath now that we're looking at your face too uh, we're all in our dragon ball rooms i love this it's kind of weird heath how was it going back to kind of early oishi here not even early i don't like early mid-career i guess yeah it's it's really 
interesting to go back and actually take a look at that that time period because like you were talking about how she was basically we're going to use her and propel her forward like she is the franchise now she's adapting all these things and i know we've we've talked about it in the past but it was just such a stark contrast to all of a sudden okay we're done with her and now we're going this route (laughs) yeah she's basically just left in the dust Uh so it's it's interesting to go back and see how she takes this material and adapts it because which i'm sure we'll get into in a little bit about how different the two adaptations are when we yeah. when we compare them and she took it like she always does kind of in her little direction of i'm going to throw in some humor which i always really enjoy because a lot of it is so serious all the time her little interjections are just hilarious especially she knows at this point in time most of the people that are reading this or involved are doing it for a nostalgia reason. There's not a huge push for that new audience yet. We're, we're kind of right at that point. And which, frankly, I think leads to the we're going in this direction. I, I, I think it'd be interesting to see all the background behind that of what's that conversation like. Speaking of the new audience, again, so Psycho Jump is still a relatively new magazine at this point. And every time I mention something about Psycho Jump, I talk about its demographics, how it's primarily elementary school kids. I think that's like a full 50% of its readership. The point of that magazine is to indoctrinate a new audience. Like they're very clear and upfront about what the point of this is, is we need new blood. We want them to get into this series, into these characters, to love these characters and bring their parents to the theater. And that's the very clear, again, upfront, transparent point of this little side chapter that we get. And I don't know if it really does its job, but it's certainly introducing the idea that there's a Dragon Ball film to this audience that's maybe been reading SD for you know a little over a year at this point. Like, oh yeah, I know this Goku guy. Okay, he's older. Let me go check out the, the latest thing. Hey, mom, dad, can you take me to the movie? I don't know that there's a whole hell of a lot else to say about it. Like, it's, it's pretty straight and just... That's that scene. Yep. And it's it's very short. It's straightforward. And it pretty much ends with, hey, there's a movie coming. Yeah. Here's your preview. It's very colorful. It is. I enjoyed it. Is it. Was SD always in full color like that? It was, yeah. yeah. Every single chapter was always printed in full color. Uh, you know, SD started with Psycho Jump from the start. They did those four quarterly. They started over. And even when other series in the magazine uh, are on the kind of like old weekly jump style newsprint pages sd was always glossy full color so it's kind of like a real premium kind of weird thing in that magazine it is but it's also made it really weird why they don't keep up with some of you know the individual releases as much with the collected volumes well it's like every two years now yeah but it also made it really easy for them to transition that onto youtube yeah and that's what SD is these days. It's not in the magazine. Once they did yeah. the um, the big refresh in 2021, fall that year, um, they took a few months off and SD left the magazine. It had been there for basically 10 years and now it's still frames on YouTube instead. So, you know, as we talk about Oishi was the like the new authorial face of Dragon Ball. What's changed 10 years later? Well, she's not even in the magazines anymore. She's on YouTube. Toyotaro was doing the the spin-off in the other magazine and he gets handed the big series. So let's talk about Toyotaro for a moment cuz I, I like we're done with 
Battle of Gods SD here, right? Like, there's nothing else to say about it. I think that's pretty quick. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So before we get to Dragon Ball Super, we have to talk about Victory Mission. This is where Toriotaro was. So starting in 2012, this guy out of nowhere, who we're all pretty sure is Toybull, starts writing, uh, writing is also in heavy quotes here, this series over in V-Jump called Dragon Ball Heroes Victory Mission, the first chapter of which is two pages and then is like maybe four pages. And it's a very clear commercial for Dragon Ball Heroes, which is, I, I believe, in its Evil Dragons arc at this point or is going to be hitting that soon. Like that's the era of not like the very beginning of Heroes, but a little ways into it. And it's very, again, clearly, transparently upfront promoting what the cards are. Like that first chapter, two pages are like, here's Janemba, baby. Like here's the giant card and what the moves are and everything. And this is what this guy is doing. I, I think that's a bit reductive. Yeah, is it? I've been, I've been going through Victory Mission for the first time recently. Ken, compare chapter one to even just chapter yes. 10, though. Yes, yeah, but the, the growth of it, he gets into the characters, there's emotions, he you sure know, does. like Fro's getting beat up, and yeah, it's great, yeah. Victory Mission is, again, wild <laughs> in a bubble, because you go back and look at it, you can absolutely see AF, and you can absolutely see Super in it at the same time. Uh, we did a wonderful episode about Victory Mission with Ian uh, in the late 400s, late mid-400s, so check that out. But we're not going to talk about specifically victory mission as a whole in the the next issue next month's issue of v jump we get this it's not a comic it's not a chapter it's like half a page toyotaro does a side mission thing from victory mission so the characters beat a note from victory mission are suddenly whisked away to actually being in the film Battle of Gods. And what I love about this little, not even chapter, is it's kind of like canonical to the film because it explains Goku being off to the side watching the events of Vegeta's My Bulma scene, which we as an audience don't learn until the end of the film that Goku was actually there that whole time watching that and he knew about it. And then everyone's like, well, why didn't you you know, jump in and help us and everything? And so we see Toyotaro doing what Toyotaro does best, which is I know everything that's going on. I'm going to tie all these things together and tell you what this person was doing at this point in time with these other characters. And it's kind of like that early insight into what he'll do with his like bonus chapters of Super later. And then his I'm going to tie all these plot points and lore things together that, you know, I know and I'm going to do again. It's real short. It's like half a page. Is there much else to say about it? I think you took the words right out of my mouth that he's telegraphing what he's going to do later. Yeah. But it's it's nice too because you know that he is a fan. And yeah, yeah, that yeah. is the perspective that he's coming from when he's doing a lot of these things. And frankly, if I were him, I would do that too. Yeah. Hey, I know this stuff. Guess what's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that you know that I know. know. (laughs) And I'm going to hint at it, and then I'm going to make you guess for however many chapters, and then you're going to find out. (laughs) It's the the same way that Fenyo does his fan art, Mm. is that he tries to show you behind the scenes what happened off panel. And it's it's kind of a philosophy I take when I'm drawing stuff as well. It's it's fun to explore possible canon. I think it's a really neat perspective of what, you know... We see all these panels and we've, you know, for decades, it's the same thing over and over if you go back and just reread it. Mm -hmm. But to actually get a fresh, fresh perspective of what was this character's point of view while this event was happening, it's it's really neat to think about. And how many times you have maybe minor characters 
that are off doing something completely different at the same time, which actually ends up tying into the main event. Like, hey, you remember that character that Zarbon kicked and killed into the water? Hey, guess who's back? <laughs> this is that Toyotaro that we're going to see later mm-hmm. on. So around this time in V-Jump, we're getting interviews with Toyotaro, with Oishi. They're talking about how much they love the film. They saw the film. It's amazing. They want you to check it out. Again, let's pause here in 2013. I, I say we kind of have Toyotaro and Oishi on equal footing, but Oishi's actually a little higher <laughs> at this point when you really compare what's going on. Um, Victory Mission is still so new at this point that... Oishi is kind of like, like she's got seniority here compared to what Toyotaro does. Yes, Oishi is the senpai. And how quickly things change. I want to talk about V-Jump. And the reason why I want to pause and talk about V-Jump as a magazine, even though I do this all the time, is I know how different it is for fans who read Dragon Ball Super on Viz's website or on Manga Plus, where it's, I'm reading Dragon Ball, I'm reading the Dragon Ball series, the real Dragon Ball series. I'm just reading it. And that's not what V-Jump was at the time. So I went back to the old issues and I want to tell you what was running in V-Jump as Dragon Ball Super was beginning. And this can kind of paint a picture for what kind of magazine V-Jump was there in 2015, really from 2012 when Toyotaro started to 2015. So we have just a few manga series, and I hesitate to even call some of these series. We have... Yu-Gi-Oh! Zial, I believe is how it's pronounced. There's an X in there, but I don't think you pronounce it. And it's the final chapter of that series. Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc V started two months later. I think this Zial is the third spinoff of Yu-Gi-Oh! manga following GX and 5Ds. And I don't know why 5Ds is possessive, but there's an apostrophe in there. Ian's really big into these series, and I know he likes them, and I'm sure he could probably provide a little insight into them. But here for Yu-Gi-Oh!, we're on the third Yu-Gi-Oh! spinoff manga when Dragon Ball Super is beginning. We have a couple Dragon Quest series. We have Dragon Quest Soten no Sora, which is a Dragon Quest X-specific spin-off manga and it's chapter 31 of this series and i did a quick check and i think it ran all the way through just to august 2022 last year with about 113 chapters that's wild that that thing ran for so long but dragon quest 10 again like final fantasy 14 at the same time you know that thing's been running for like a decade now and again this is the magazine that's doing the sequel spin-off promotional manga. Another manga running, Dragon Quest Slime Mori Mori. This is another Dragon Quest spin-off. Uh, it was chapter 141 of this series. Uh, you may know uh, Slime Mori Mori as Rocket Slime. I believe it was the second game that we actually got localized over here in America on DS or 3DS. I forget where it was at that point. There's another manga that, again, I hesitate to call a manga, called Inu Mayuke de Iko, which I guess is something like, let's go with Dog Mayuke. There's probably a better translation of there. There's the dog and we're going. This is chapter 257 of the series because it's been going since Monthly V-Jump started in 1994. Holy crap. It's six pages up from the original four pages. Kind of slice of life about what the author is doing, watching, playing. That's, That's a big commitment. That, yeah, yes, I know. There's a lot of work to do. This chapter was about playing Girls Mode 3 on 3DS, which uh, we actually did get localized. These are those style-savvy games, so this was style-savvy fashion forward. There's another manga called ZX Zillions of Enemy X, 
which uh, ran from 2012 to 2016. It was chapter 32 of this. This is a manga based on a trading card game. And then finally, at the very back of the magazine, we call them these backup comics. They're like little, they're not promotional. They're kind of like inside baseball. They're about the magazine and the editors and what's happening in the world of like Shueisha and things. Um, This was Victory Uchida's Road Toward President, I believe it's called. Yuji Kasai, who these days is doing the Super Dragon Ball Heroes Avatars manga over in Psycho Jump. So I just described a lot of very clear, again, promotional manga. They are meant to advertise ongoing games, things like Dragon Quest X, ongoing franchises, keep them alive in their later years, their sequel years, their Twilight years. Again, this is like the third spinoff sequel manga for Yu-Gi-Oh! And it's going to have more after it. We get a thing about a dog. We get a thing about an author playing DS games. We get a thing about a trading card game. I mean, it's definitely the intent of the magazine. Promote video yes. games. Yes. Whereas Weekly Shonen Jump is more of your anthologies. This is where it all starts. Now we're backing it up in V-Jump. Well, that's the thing. Weekly Shonen Jump is a manga anthology. Yes. V-Jump is not a manga magazine. V-Jump is... Here, I got the latest issue in front and it, of me. And it never had been. It is 400 pages. And we're talking about some of these comics. These manga are six pages, 15 mm-hmm. pages. And there's maybe four, five, six of those total in the magazine. V-Jump is... Is, is meant to advertise video games and other Shueisha content to you and their partners. And didn't they do maybe more so at the beginning? Like they, video they game did walkthroughs so, and like hints yeah, and yeah. things like that. It was real big on that kind of stuff early on because yeah. obviously they had their partners at Bondi. And when V-Jump launched, yes, it had Toriyama original series. We had Dub and Peter. We had Cashman. That was also, we're launching a new manga and we can capitalize and have Tori- Toriyama who is at the top of his game at that time and still doing... Like, that was concurrent with Dragon Ball, that he was doing that stuff. That's not what V-Jump later kind of like... I don't want to say became, but just kind of like steamrolled itself into. And so I still see this, and I still take a lot of flack for this, where I called Dragon Ball Super a promotional manga at the beginning. And people are like, it was literally never called a promotional manga. You're wrong on that. Like... Okay, as someone who has V-Jump from 1994 to the present day, guess what? It was a promotional manga. That's all that ran. That's the point of the magazine. Now, there's a lot to be said for what Super as a manga became and what V-Jump is these days. Ken, you're an avid reader of uh, Boruto. Yes, yeah, I'm caught up, current. V-Jump these days has Dragon Ball Super and has Boruto. Boruto is uh, kind of a refugee from Weekly Shonen Jump, or it wasn't a weekly series, it was a monthly series, I believe, the whole time. I believe so, okay. yeah. And, and it got shifted over it. there. Yeah, They've very clearly, with the way that Super evolved as a manga, uh, grew in page count, for sure. We're going to talk about the page count in a minute when we get to the Battle of God stuff. I know this is a lot of setup, but I, I feel like this is imperative to understand what the Battle of God's portion of the super manga is. Uh, V-Jump has changed. I would still never call V-Jump a manga magazine, but when you have 45 pages of Dragon Ball Super and you have however long the Boruto manga is as well as two kind of like flagship manga series now, yes, that are monthly, and it makes sense for them to be in a monthly magazine. Uh, It's it's a different look. It's a different pitch than V-Jump was in 2015. And it's just weird when you've actually followed it the whole way that transition. I mean, it was largely 
heavily driven by Dragon Ball Super. It it absolutely was. And that's the the crazy thing to see along the way is how clear it was from the start that they had no idea what they wanted to do with it and oh. how they, they started getting an idea and they just kind of rolled with it. Well, and when it first started, we had the conversation of, well, is this going to be a monthly thing or is this yeah. just they're doing a little bit and then they're going to stop and then they're going to start victory mission back up? You know, there was nobody knew what was going to happen. It was uh-huh, so uh-huh. weird because it was we'd never been in this territory before. If if anything was going to be serialized, it wasn't going to be in V Jump because we already had Psycho Jump going. We mm-hmm. had well, previously we had Weekly Shonen Jump, but we didn't ever have an a regular you know sort of serialization within V Jump for anything Dragon Ball related. Heath, to, we did to a degree. <laughs> we did. We had Dragon Ball Heroes Victory Mission. And yes. so, Ken, you and I both independently love doing this. We broke down the timeline of how it all started. So, Victory Mission started in September 2012. Again, V-Jump is weird. It's forward-dated two months from the time it comes out. It generally comes out on the 21st of a month, and barring a Sunday or a holiday, in which case it gets moved up. So, like, the November 2012 issue of V-Jump came out on September 21st in 2012. And that was the first chapter of Victory Mission. Again, two pages. Victory Mission ran for 28 regular monthly chapters all the way to December 2014 in the February 2015 issue. The last chapter was a little weird because it wasn't wasn't printed in the magazine. It was um, V-Jump Plus digital bonus content. Very weird situation. So this thing was running and this was the first real, like to your point, Heath, Dragon Ball series in V-Jump ever. There had been things. We had yeah. episode of Bardock, which was limited. It was three chapters. We started V-Jump with uh, Hobby Warrior, Burnham Bowie. I'm not getting the order of the mm-hmm. words there right, but it, it was a card game manga before Victory Mission ever was. So we've had these things here and there, but they were all short, limited, introductory kind of things. Victory Mission starts and we, we start this new era of Dragon Ball serialization in the magazine. And again, to your point, we thought we were going back to Victory Mission because Shueisha and Toei had no idea what the goddamn hell they were doing with Battle of Gods to Resurrection F to announcing a TV series that didn't exist in even in anyone's imagination at that point. That whole period was just complete chaos. It was, we're going to do this movie, and then, oh my God, what just happened? Everybody loves it. We need more. What was the site traffic like back then when people were... Because the audience was frantically trying to figure yeah. it out, you know, as well as you guys were. Yeah. I, yeah. 2013 was a, a big time for the site. Well, we were also only a year out from having fused Gonzenshu into itself. So, you know, we were still riding, you know, the highs of the excitement there. It's like we knew it was coming. It was just great timing. I mean, a little birdie told us and we're like, yeah, we should... No, we had no idea. It was... December 2014, Victory Mission ends because he's going to take a month off. And then in February 2015, for three issues of V-Jump, Toyotaro is going to do an introductory manga adaptation of Resurrection F. Similar to Battle of Gods SD, where it's not going to be the whole movie. It it starts basically at the beginning, though. And for those three chapters, he kind of gets up through... Frieza's resurrection. It's a significant mm-hmm. portion of the early movie there. Yeah, he condenses it pretty well, covering all of that material. Yeah, it's like a pretty straight adaptation of, of that movie. Toyotaro really seemed to think 
that he was going to get back to victory mission because when victory mission went on hiatus, it was basically called that a hiatus. Like we're going to come back to it. And it seemed to be like, Oh, resurrection F is the break. And then, you know, we'll come back and continue victory mission. That never happened. He, he did get a final 29th chapter in the hero's fifth anniversary kind of guidebook, but victory mission shoved aside because, Hey, you got to do super. So again, December, Victory Mission ends. January, he's off. February, March, April, he's doing Resurrection F. May, no, just May, he's off. And he's back in June with Super. Like, there's not a whole lot of time from 2012 to the present that Toyotaro hasn't been doing Dragon Ball. We actually just got, he had his first real vacation before the superhero arc started that he's had since 2012 this dude's just been trucking along this whole time he hasn't earned the right like oda to take one every few years yet but i'm sure toriyama's right there telling him hey i live this buddy i know how this feels i have a couple more things i want to do before we actually get into the content i know this is like crazy like you're supposed to be reviewing the manga but all of this stuff is it was fascinating at the time and i think it's equally fascinating kind of like running through history again looking back at how this all came to be um i want to run through just like the initial announcements of how all this went down, because if you don't remember, Dragon Ball Super was a clusterfuck from the literal beginning. So the TV series gets announced via a press release in late April 2015. And then the July 2015 issue of V-Jump, which was released in May, so only a month later, announces a forthcoming manga adaptation of the series uh, where Victory Uchida, who we've talked about a lot, who is the editor of the Dragon Ball Super manga, works there at Shueisha at V-Jump. He says the latest TV animation was suddenly announced. (laughs) It was a victory surprise, even for me. He's not wrong there. What on earth will the story be? It's such a mystery. There's no doubt it'll exceed everyone's expectations. So even here, talking about what's going on, they're they're focused on the TV series. Now, at the same time, Natalie, which is a Japanese kind of pop culture news site, uh, runs a story talking about the manga adaptation. New series is coming, um, is receiving a comicalized serialization, which is set to start June 20th, be written by Tori Taro, who worked on the... Reset Time Revival of F, Resurrection F movie in this magazine. All right, this is, it's happening. It's coming. Okay. The August 2015 issue of V-Jump, which is released in June, has a bunch of preview coverage, including comment from Toyotaro. And he says, getting to see a new Dragon Ball anime series every week makes me happy. With this comicalization, I want to make my own small contribution to the excitement. So everyone, please check out the manga too. He's so humble. He is. I probably misspoke a month here or there and all that stuff that I was just talking about. But again, to the point of early supers development and promotion, everything was about the TV series. It was announced first and foremost as a TV series. And we get told about this comicalization. That's specifically the phrase they're using here, where it's not on the same level of the TV series it is secondary to. And even in Toriyotaro's own comment, he's talking about building excitement for the TV series. It's worth mentioning here, we'll talk about the timeline again, that when we get to the end of Battle of Gods, we skip Resurrection F, which if you're playing along at home, you understand is because in the same magazine months before, he had just done like a third of Resurrection F in manga form. So it made sense for the time. It really stinks kind of retroactively going back, trying to read the manga as a whole, but we'll talk about that too. At this point in time... 
they announce. Toyotaro Sensei tears it up in V-Jump, charging on ahead to the TV anime. The Shampa arc starts up. You'll be able to read what's up ahead for the TV show in the manga running in V-Jump. What's the goal of the unknown entity Shampa? This is all um, highlighted with a splash that says, speeding up the excitement of the TV anime even more. Check out this completely new Dragon Ball manga series. Gentlemen, we have arrived here at June 20th, 2015 with Dragon Ball Super, which has been announced as a television series. It is first and foremost a television series. The first thing we get is chapter one of the Dragon Ball Super manga. I just think it's amazing how much of a transition the manga makes right here and how shocking it actually was at the time where we go from, hey, we're going to stop Victory Mission, go on hiatus here for a little bit. Here's some three chapters. Also, he's not coming back. He's going to do this now, even though you thought he was. Let's go. Like, it's just you can looking back at it, just see the scrambling of what can we do? How can we promote this? Oh, we have this manga artist over here that we can throw in and he'll do whatever we tell him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is his dream job. This is what he wants to do. It's basically a great promo, and it'll help out V-Jump. And yeah. when you look Wins back at around. how much, yeah, how much it actually shaped V-Jump into what it is today, yeah, promoted yeah. the TV series, and then just everything to where we are now in 2023. And it was our it was our first taste of this new era. Yeah. For Dragon Ball. It's a very weird era. Still is, I yeah. think. <laughs> I'm not going to read all the dates here, but let me just hit you with like how this unfolded over the next couple of weeks and months. We get chapter one of the manga uh, very late in June there. And then the first two episodes of Dragon Ball Super air on TV. By that point, because it had aired when it aired we get the next issue of v jump so we get chapter two and and this is how it falls we we got a chapter and then four episodes of the tv series we got a chapter four episodes of the tv series we get chapter four four episodes of the tv series and that basically perfectly lines up with well the four chapters of the manga that have been released in these 14 episodes of the tv series basically cover the battle of god's arc uh, their new readaptations. We get a break right there where at right about the same time, episode 15, which is basically the start of the Resurrection F arc in the TV series. And we get chapter five days later in the manga, which skips Resurrection F entirely and jumps ahead to the universe six versus seven arc. Uh, so they are concurrent with each other and the manga starts ahead and then quickly loses that pace and then regains it ahead by skipping an arc and it's so weird to look back at you know when you're used to a syndicated tv show and then that is based on something that is weekly mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's so weird to look back at that and be like wait because there was such confusion of well is it based on the manga like the right, general right. discussion within the community we didn't know about the, the paper napkin notes at this point yeah. and everything <laughs> so until a lot of that came out at the time you're like well this is a weird change and why are is this filler like what is this, right, this yeah. is weird <laughs> what is filler with regard to super it's not just was it different from the movie but how are these two things different from each other Yes. What's the canon? 
we we have arrived at the story. We're here to review the story of the Battle of Gods portion of Dragon Ball Super. We did this last time on a manga review. I loved it so much. I have blatantly stolen this from one of my favorite other podcasts, Just King Things, where at the beginning of a review, one of the hosts is tasked with summarizing the entire thing off the cuff in five sentences, exactly five sentences. You are encouraged to use parentheses, semicolons, and express those as you come up with this on the fly. And Ken, I'm giving it to you again. Oh no, I thought I, I thought I was free this time. <laughs> no, no, I, th- I knew that you thought that you would be free. So of hey, course- I have to go to the bathroom, so I'll be right back. Good luck, Ken. <laughs> Ken, you have five sentences. The five sentence summary, trademark just king things here, of the Battle of Gods manga arc. It has been some time since Goku and friends defeated Majin Buu, comma. Goku is living a peaceful life, as are most people. I don't think that's how comma works, but maybe a semicolon. I'll give it to you. Choose your punctuation. Beerus and Whis are introduced in a rather unsatisfactory manner, and the mystery of the Super Saiyan God is revealed. Okay, that's two. Right, I'm a two. Okay. (laughs) Goku fights Beerus on Kaio's planet, but Beerus is unimpressed and leaves for Earth. Okay, I think I can do this. While everything else is going on, Beerus's brother, Champa, is traveling across the universe searching for giant wishing balls, which are mistaken for Namekian dragon balls when overheard in a conversation. Period. I got one sentence to tie this all back together. Sure do. After a major jump in the plot of the movie and of the TV show, the remainder of the Battle of Gods arc is wrapped up Pretty straightforwardly, period. <laughs> love I cheated a little bit on that last one. <laughs> great. I love it. I love it. So we have four chapters here, as we mentioned, over the span of four issues of V-Jump. They are 15 pages, 15 pages, 15 pages, and 19 pages. I think it's important to note that Victory Mission, you know, we talked about it, how it started as two pages. Victory Mission ended up as 15 pages by the end of its run of its 28 chapters. So Dragon Ball Super here starts basically where Victory Mission left off in terms of what Toyotaro's monthly workflow and page count is. Um, This is going to grow somewhat exponentially (laughs) over time. Uh, Current Dragon Ball Super chapters, I was actually going to say are 45, but no longer are 45. They're like 49, 50. Three something crazy like that. They were forty five for a very long time. They were, yeah, for, we, for years. I think. We get up to like thirty one, then we got to the forty five, and now, yeah, the superhero ones are yeah. fifty plus. Um, so this is what Toyotaro is working with. So these are shorter chapters than we're used to reading today. Um, but as I was reading them, I really didn't feel like that affected it until chapter four. <laughs> Which got four extra pages, but still was like, oh, oh, here we go. In my notes here, I have the fourth chapter covers Shenlong, finding out Videl's pregnant, the ritual, and the transformation all in one page. (laughs) With almost no dialogue. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of dialogue, but I I feel like I remember at the time saying like, oh, they just did all this stuff. There's not even dialogue. It's just like, and it just happens. But I guess there's some dialogue. Yeah. And I was just thinking, if, if you compare it back to the original Dragon Ball serialization, yeah. You know, we're talking That's in like line with to, that. 12 to 14 pages. So by yeah. the time you get to 45, it's like, yeah. So when you are doing something monthly that's only like 15 pages, I mean, you are cramming it in there, especially if you're trying to keep up with the content of multiple episodes that are right. 
which who knows if they were intending to do that. I didn't feel like it was a problem with those first three chapters, though. And it really seemed to be, you know, in retrospect, looking back at it and seeing what that timing was, where they basically timed exactly the manga split with the TV series split of where those arc changes happened. It really seemed to be like, dude, just finish it this month and we're going to move on. This is all you get. All right, we'll give you four extra pages. But it's very clear what happened there now looking back in, in, in retrospect. From what I recall, even at the time, there was quite a bit of discussion about the pacing. Yeah. And uh, that also came up with a, you know, anime series as well. But I think in the manga, it's much more pronounced that it's mm. very fast paced and you're cramming a lot in. So there, there is definitely a lot coming at you very quickly and you're kind of jumping around and it gets a little abrupt and abrasive a bit. But you're following the story, and at the time, you're just like, I don't really care. It's new content, and I want to read it. I read these chapters, I guess, uh, a week, week and a half ago, and then I kind of skimmed through them again today, and I was surprised at looking back at them. That first chapter, even though I'm not crazy about how Beerus and Weiss just suddenly appear, yeah, yeah. I think that first chapter is pretty solid and doesn't feel like rushed or anything. We get to spend time with Goku doing image training and, and spending time with Goten. Mr. Satan shows up. It doesn't feel rushed until the second chapter in which Goku's with Kaio and then suddenly Beerus is here and then suddenly they fight. And then just like that, we're introducing Beerus's brother and then Beerus is gone. Yeah. My only theory there, because I thought the same thing, was this a little more planned out at the beginning where it was like, okay, we're going to have you do this. And Toyotaro was like, okay, well, here's the pace I'm going at. This is the content I want to cover. And then after Mm. that, like, well, no, you got to get through the whole thing and you have this many chapters. And he's like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Because the to your point, Kent, the the pacing totally changes, I feel like, after the first chapter. Yeah, it's on a dime. It's just it's really crammed together page at a time almost. So I, I, I just wonder if that's kind of how it started where he's like, Okay, I'm just gonna kinda start mm, doing these yeah, chapters yeah. and they're like, uh no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> when I was going through my notes here and then I, as going back through the chapters, I got to that part towards the end, and I guess I'm going to be jumping all yeah, around. We'll, we'll jump all this over. Arc. Hopefully, you know what Battle of Gods is by this point. Yeah, uh, when Champa kills Garana's squad, that's the bit of motivation that makes Sorbet go, "Okay, that's it. We've got to go resurrect Frieza." Mm-hmm. And it made it feel like chapters two, three, and four are less about. It's like we're we're retelling Battle of Gods because we have to, but the crux of the story is what Champa's up to Yes, to yes. lead into the Universe 6 story. But we can't just tell that on its own. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's the conversation that happened with Chapter 2 is like, hey, let's start setting up for what's going to come up after Resurrection F. Let's talk about all that new material um, because that is the thing that sets the manga apart from both the theatrical film and even the TV version adaptation where we have Shampa and Vados like from the start. Um, we were having Shampa promoted at us through things like the Super Stark Guide, but we didn't see him in the TV series where we thought we were going to see him. Uh, it was in the manga here where we got that stuff. Uh, the looking back through the the crystal ball. I love that scene. I think that's amazing where Shampa shows up. Although I think back to that first trailer, there's a scene animated in that original Dragon Ball Super trailer that was never in the TV series. And I think that's actually one of these scenes. No, was it Shampa talking with Beerus? I'd have to go back and fact check that. 
but tickling the back of my brain somewhere. But perhaps that just speaks to the overall like lack of planning and who knows what stories we're going to cover at what point. Just going back to the new material, that's what I really enjoyed about reading these four Rust chapters here was seeing something new and different. And what I kind of hoped, and I think this is what set the expectation for that, what I hoped the TV series was going to do was not just retell Battle of Gods, but worse, was introduce some of this what will be super material at that point in time. And it just didn't over in the TV series. Instead, we got weird dragon key battles that were going to destroy the universe. Yeah. Well, I, I actually forgot. We did get that line here in the manga. We're like, if they, this continues, they're going to destroy the universe. So I guess that was on the notes was that the, <laughs> the punches were strong enough to, to do that. But yeah, there was, there was stuff. I, I can't imagine myself ever rewatching like super as a whole, but especially the Battle of God's arc. There's no way. With the stuff that the anime never covered, you know, I found most egregious was Kabito Kai splitting back up. Right. Yeah. Which I thought was great because up until this point in Dragon Ball, it's like Battle of Gods could have fit in and GT still happened. I think uh-huh. you mentioned that sure last could. time. Yeah. And it, this was like the damning thing <laughs> uh-huh. that had to be done. And Toyotaro, like number one GT fan himself, had to do it. Uh-huh. of splitting these two up so that GT couldn't happen. Must have killed him to write that. <laughs> but that line is, it's just a throwaway line in the anime of like, oh, well, we got tired of being together, so we split up or, or however it handles. We also have a problem, again, just talking about multiple adaptations here, where the, was it the Super TV series never actually addresses Pilaf gang becoming children, but the manga does in the bonus chapter. Like the manga didn't either, but, yes. but it addresses it in that bonus chapter of why they got that way. But also they're not even in the manga here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's not in, they're not in the group shots or anything. Yeah. Such a pivotal role in this arc and they're not even there but it's also you know things are crammed in there like we talked about was there something that they said hey we gotta cut this well that that's the b plot the c plot maybe like that's the thing you cut i think it would have been great if they just threw them in some panels like in the background you can see them sneak around or something mm. and, Ooh, wonder what's going on there because at this point you know you've already seen the movie now you've got concurrently running manga and anime <laughs> which have already deviated from the movie, I, I remember thinking back on this whole thing and how weird it actually was when it started. And then they, we need a train episode. That's what we're missing. Vegeta and trains. Family fun. This is a family fun show, Mike. <laughs> Did I say otherwise? <laughs> Ken, you had something there. Yeah, I was going to ask. And then I remembered while Heath was talking, uh, I was going to say, like, were Pilaf and the crew even in the anime, like in the Resurrection F stuff? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're at the very beginning of it. They're the whole reason that Dragon Balls are available for Frieza to be wished back. And I just totally forgotten about that. It's it's weird for someone like me who likes his things orderly and, you know, in a certain presentation. Once you give me that, I want it the whole way. And when you look back at Dragon Ball Super as an entire chronological manga adaptation, yeah. the skipping around hey we're just gonna jump this we didn't really finish it but it's covered over here in this other medium so we don't need to and then you go back and you're like here's 42 volumes of the original manga read this but when you go back to dragon ball super it's like if you weren't there and you don't really know the backstory of what's going on it's so Mm -hmm. confusing it's like here's this four chapter arc then we skip a bunch of stuff and here's this and you're like, how did we end up here? There's there's kind of like a couple points to jump off there. One is, 
I feel like they made the best decision they could make at the time for what the situation was at the time. And like you said, though, like, unfortunately, that doesn't work for history (laughs) anymore. Like, it's impossible. All of the surrounding context for, like, how it was made and what it ends up being takes priority for our conversation over the actual content of these chapters here. And I think part of that is just, you know, we've talked about Battle of Gods itself so many times. What is there to say about the story anymore? This is like an abbreviated version of that story. So there's kind of nothing to say. But I also think, like, the Battle of Gods portion was so unique in that until superhero this was the only one of four films that got adapted in the super manga Heath to your point where you have to skip all over the place because then they skipped the next movie because he sort of already did it but that was in prior issues of this magazine that if you're in America you're not reading anyway you never got those so uh, I don't know how to handle that and then we get to the Broly movie which is a sequel to a TV series that ended and in the middle of a manga that keeps going, but they don't adapt it there until they kind of tell you some of its story in the middle of the next movie's, yes, actual adaptation into the manga, which, by the way, also gets a three-chapter prequel to itself in there. It's an, You sound like a crazy man trying to describe the Dragon Ball Super series beginning to end. And it's even crazier because Broly has been told three times now in different ways it had a single panel yeah of yeah. vegeta and goku fighting broly then there was the bonus chapter mm-hmm. where goku's explaining everything to Merosu, i think yep and yep. then yeah and then there's the more in-depth version in this latest superhero chapter it's it's there's no perfect way to say start here at volume one of dragon ball super and then you're, if you'll get tomorrow eventually just hold out yes yeah. and i think that's what bugs me the most but at the same time it's just hard to like you said, tell somebody, hey, if you want to enjoy this in manga form, start here and then you can read it. Watch two movies then start with chapter five. <laughs> I mean, you really almost have to give somebody a table and be like, OK, you start here. And then when you get yeah. to this point, you can either watch the TV series or go find this movie. And then you you almost have to jump back and forth between different things. And I think that we've gotten away from that now because of where the manga is. But that whole beginning Half of the series is just like a jumbled mess of chaos. It's really unfortunate, again, for for history's purposes of just going back and reading it. I do think that it probably made sense at the time. And at the time, they didn't think the super manga was going to become what it ultimately became, which was its own kind of like living and breathing product that had its own original content. It would kind of like be the version of the series other than theatrical films. I kind of feel bad for all parties involved. Yeah, I and I understand why they did it. I'm not saying that. It's just from a historical standpoint of, or even just a fandom standpoint of somebody's getting into it and you are trying to tell them where to go, give them some guidance. It's just, it's very difficult. I see these questions quite frequently on the subreddits where people are like, I, you know, I hear the super manga has got new stuff, so I'm going to go back and read it all as I heard some stuff is different. What is with this first volume? You're like, well, well here's insert entire conversation here. Let's just say Dragon Ball is very good at confusing its fans and making everything way more complicated than it really needs to be. But it's yeah. all driven from a business standpoint. And if you remember that, it actually makes a lot of sense. 
is there anything else to say? I again, we we keep. I don't want to say get distracted from because you know the point of the conversation is to talk about whatever elements we want. But is there anything else to say about the content of these four chapters? Again, I like the original stuff. I like the Gurana stuff at the end. I think that's neat and interesting. We get Frieza planets. We get this tie into Resurrection F. Yeah. I love I, the early Shampa stuff. I do like um, in chapter. Three, I believe it was uh, with the Bulma slaps Beerus. I think all those panels are actually very well done following that yeah. with with Vegeta. And it actually takes up a few pages. It's not just, oh, he, she slapped him. He gets mad like and then it's done in one page. I mean, he he gave that a little bit of love. It just kind of takes away from the rest of the chapter that they could have padded with other things. So it's kind of one of those, you know, catch 22 situations. Do you fit more content in? Do you give this kind of the respect that he wanted to? Yeah. But not from a storytelling standpoint, but we haven't really touched on the artistic development. Yeah, we haven't talked about Toyotaro's art. Toyotaro. <laughs> and there are definitely some panels in here that are just like, okay, I know where that panel came from or what this is based on and definition of the the characters, you know, their typical characteristics. It's still to me, like he's just missing it slightly at times, like here and there anatomy things a little bit, but overall you can tell he's kind of at that point of this just got thrown at me and I'm kind of going through the weeds here to figure out how can I make this look good. And I think that holds true for a lot of the legacy characters, but I mm-hmm. honestly believe that no one draws Beerus better than Toyotaro. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The way that Toyotaro just is able to go crazy with his facial expressions and that because there's no like, here's how you draw Beerus ahead of this. And he could just do whatever he wants. And that ended up becoming the character. Mm-hmm. And it's I incredible. wonder how much he's around cats because the stuff that like Beerus will do with his nose and the twitches and yeah. the way he moves is, I mean, it's like he has to be studying cats. One thing about the art I want to pull up, I'm going to mm-hmm. show it to y'all on the screen here, which is not going to make sense to any of the listeners, but it's this, the little like uh, vertical open mouth thing that he does. He does yes. it with Goku and Goten a ton early on it's like the the cute face cute little confused exclamation face uh i like it but he also does it a ton it seems like an early crutch in the first chapter in particular um but he draws it well so i don't know i'm conflicted on it any other art stuff to touch on i mean i i love the point about him drawing beers perfectly i think that's great i it's got to be a comment from him somewhere about i think he said he loves drawing beers too well, I think it's also worth noting that he, I don't think you really see it a lot in in these early chapters, but a lot of original characters, background characters, like he mm-hmm. is a good artist. He is really good at some of that. It's and and I understand this too. It's just very difficult to recreate established characters to make it look like you think they should, but also add your own flair and and take on it. Because you're never going to draw exactly the same, and I mean, he's got to live up to Toriyama. That's yeah, that's, that's not that's an easy job. For <laughs> anybody, which is one reason when you know Naho Ishi was doing it, it's just kind of like, oh, she's a hundred percent doing her own take and going this way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it's you don't see a lot of critiques for what she has done in comparison to Toyotaro, in large part because he is 
and for the most part, mimicking the original manga in his own take. Yeah. The critiques you'll see for when she did episode of Bardock, and you see it a lot for uh, the Super Dragon Ball Hero stuff from uh, Yoshitaka Nagayama, it's people not necessarily saying that, oh, this doesn't look like Toriyama. It's that, oh, I just don't like this style. Like, that's fair because it's their own flair, their own style, their own take on those characters. Toriyama's job is to draw like Toriyama, though. Very specifically. Which is unfortunate because you just open yourself up to it and there's not yeah. much you can do. You know, we were talking about how this is the only other movie adaptation in the manga other than where we're at with superhero right now. And we talked about how the Battle of Gods tie-in for Victory Mission showed you like behind the scenes mm-hmm. of, of what's going on in the background. And we get that here. And it's like, this is what he does the best because he's doing it in superhero right now. Uh-huh. Where he's, we got a whole three chapter prequel and then we've got to see, you know, Kriden tailing Hedo and Magenta right. and Carmine. And now we're starting to see, like, maybe he's putting another story thread in there about Trunks and Goten going mm-hmm. after Piccolo with their Siaman X outfits. So there's, you know, as, as that victory mission informed us about the Battle of God's Ark, the Battle of God's Ark is informing us about where superhero could go with this fresh retelling. Yeah. What what is this arc secretly going to be setting up for for the next <laughs> arc that we just haven't caught on yet? Yeah. When it's first announced, you're just like, oh my gosh, we're just doing another retelling again. But I always have to give him credit of throwing those things in there that really get you to take note and pay attention. Of oh, he's he's doing something a little different here. Let's see where this goes. So he does enough to really bring you in. Sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes it's over the top. But for the most part. At least it's there. It's not a straight up, well, you guys already saw this movie. I'm phoning it in. And I, I really do appreciate it. Totally that could have me. been. Yes. Even though it seems like Shoei Shin Toei expect you to have seen the movie before you read or anything here. I, uh, I have one question for, for y'all before we, I think, take it over to the tweets. Um, would it be worth it for Toyotaro to go back and do a volume 1.5 of the Dragon Ball Super manga, which has a more fleshed out Battle of Gods and then those three Resurrection F chapters and let's say another three Resurrection F chapters. Would it be worth it or would I do I think they would ever do it? <laughs> well, yeah, those are two different questions, right? And would Ken buy them? Uh, well, yeah, that there's an easy answer for that one. <laughs> yes, because yeah. I would. All right, they're not going to do it. But yeah. would, would it be, I, I, to answer my own question, I think it would be helpful for like the ongoing legacy of Dragon Ball Super as a coherent series. I think it, it would also really complicate, again, telling yeah. people, well, you got to find this 1.5 volume. <laughs> yeah, get the new one. That supplements this. And uh, I, I would read it and I'm sure it would be great, especially Resurrection F, which I felt was fleshed out in all the wrong ways mm-hmm. in the anime. Uh, I think it would be great to see Toyotaro do some interesting stuff with that. Show me... Uh, a more interesting side of that Gotenks and Ginyu interaction. Mm-hmm. The, the pieces are there. I'd love to see what he could do with them. I agree with that. I I think from our perspective, which, you know, isn't always the majority, but I would buy it. Is it absolutely necessary? I don't think so. It, it would be nice, at least for anyone that's only reading the manga, to just be like, okay, you can go grab this. Just make sure you grab 1.5 in between you imagine saying that grab 1.5 put the broly movie in between these two volumes and we're good that's what we were talking about before we knew how granola was going to wrap up yeah yeah yeah. all right we've talked a lot about dragon ball super it's manga battle of gods we have a few tweet responses i wish i remembered to tweet this out sooner than i did but we ended up getting i think a good like 
what, seven or eight comments here, maybe. Uh, I'm going to read the first one and we'll kind of go round table here. Uh, Justin SD Hero says, Super ends up being so weird because it adapts some stuff and not others. And so you can't really read it without watching the show and movies. Generally, I like Super's takes on the material better, but you can't exactly just hand it to someone in lieu of watching Super. And that's the thing. is like you said Super a couple times there, and I don't know which version of Super you're talking about because that's the curse of Super. Is Which version are you talking about? Yeah, it's unfortunate to say that the anime is the only complete product until it's not anymore. Yeah. And that is the because, weirdest thing. Uh, yeah. There's so many weird Ooh. things. I, I feel like weird is the word of the night because it depends on what are you talking about? Is it this? And then how do you supplement one thing with the other to actually fit the entire continuity in? And where does one stop and one begin? How does Goku fight hit? Yeah. Tell us, Mike. Anyway. Expose. <laughs> Uh, let's go around Heath and then Ken, we'll just keep round table on these. This comes to us from DeFry. Does that sound good to everybody? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Best part of super was the family moments and the things we see outside of just battles and training. We see interactions between relationships and that adds more depth humanity to it. It was a good path to adapt to the adult audience that grew up with it. Let's kind of comment more about Super as a whole than necessarily the Battle of Gods arc. But as we're talking about here, whether it's the Shampa material or the little nods that Toyotaro adds himself to these adaptations, yeah, that's the stuff that, that I appreciate rather than just like the straight version of it. TDC, The Devil's Corpse, says, Serviceable for what the manga series was back then, but I don't think it would hold up as well on its own as it could without the film as context. The extended version of the film is better in pretty much every way. I disagree with that personally, but I think the only exception is the removal of the Super Saiyan God power absorption. Mm. The Champa plotline to tease later content is nice too, but even ignoring the logistics of said content not existing back then, it probably would have hindered a film more than a manga or TV series. Yeah, there's stuff that's missing from the TV series, like explaining Pilaf, and there's stuff that's missing from the manga adaptation, like some, some lines there at the end, um, the, the power absorption, which... Again, to an earlier point, kind of like makes GT work until it doesn't. That stuff is so good there. It, it's also worth noting that in the Viz version of this volume, volume one of the manga, in chapter three, there's all editor's notes saying like, just watch Battle of Gods. <laughs> uh, Gabby, Mozilla Vulpix says, they're just an ad. As in, like, these four chapters of Battle of Gods are just an advertisement for watching Battle of Gods, which it absolutely is thousand percent. Hey, Mike, did you know yeah. this was a promotional manga? Yeah, someone told me that once. But you know what Doug told us? He said, I really like the differences in the approach. There's definitely a way to do it and not do it. And boy, did Toyotaro definitely do something, I'm assuming. He kept it fresh, but also not. Was that Doug enough? Did I do that? Do I need to do it? In a yeah, that's pretty good. You need more figures behind you. <laughs> I do. There's well, they're over there. You can't really see that cabinet on that wall. So, Ken, everyone's been trying to get Doug to read the super manga for years. Randy literally bought him a tablet yes. to do so, and he hasn't done so. Um, you were sending him four pages at a time until he stopped acknowledging you. Yes. So yeah, Doug, Doug, this Doug and Randy are my uh, uh partners on we got a podcast and i can only confirm that doug has read the first chapter of battle of gods i've not personally made sure he looked at them with his eyes but he gave me a thumbs up emoji showing that he read them yeah. uh, but i do believe he read them when they came out back at the time so i'll take him at his word 
that maybe he just has a poor memory about it. Really safe comment, but it actually kind of works at the same time. So you done yeah. well, Doug. Doug, you reviewed the Dragon Ball Super manga. We got you to do it. Nene, or Dugareff, says, It's interesting that DBS was a manga first before the anime came out, but only for a few weeks, LOL. Yeah, again, that time period of, we're first, we're behind, we're ahead again, we're behind, and then Universe 6, it gets ahead again for like a couple episodes, I think, during the Piccolo fight, and then it falls behind again, and then there it will stay, as the future Trunks arc just kept going and going Forever. and going. And then it was years after the anime ended, we're still in the Tournament of Power. Uh-huh. The oh, and then they're like, oh, I finished this, we're done with this, All right, new material. Uh, Super seems to have that problem where tell Toriyotaro to finish, then they move on. Uh, One more comment here from Squeaky Luigi. (laughs) It's a great name. It's not bad, but it's very short and overall unfulfilling in a way that I feel might turn away new readers that had already watched the movies slash anime if it leaves them thinking the whole manga is like this. Yes, again. Amen. That's a big problem here is that people pick up volume one of the super manga and go, what the hell is this? That's why it's our responsibility. Yes. <laughs> to recommend this to people with a huge asterisk at the end of it. It gets better? Yeah, and that's the <laughs> thing mean... is that it's worth it's worth suffering through an uneasy beginning to get to where we're at nowadays, I think. So y'all, it has been 10 years since Battle of Gods, 8 years this upcoming week since this chapter hit the pages of V-Jump, hit our eyeballs. That does seem crazy. I just want to remind people that when Chapter 1 came out, the title page, which was full color in V-Jump, we only got the black and white version over there in Viz, um, has a whole bunch of Dragon Balls on it. And I believe there's a nine-star Dragon Ball that fueled all sorts of theories, even more so than the, like, what was it? Like the, the hit copy in the stands. Red Goku on a chocolate package. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything was possible back then. Yeah, nine-star Dragon Balls included. Anything is still possible. We ended up getting new Dragon Balls. We did, Not a nine-star Multiple Dragon Ball. Multiple new Dragon Balls. Yeah, Super Dragon Balls, the Cerulean Dragon Balls, I yeah. guess. It is wild to look back at these four chapters and see how far we've come <laughs> and how far Dragon Ball as a franchise has come. V-Jump as a magazine has come. Toyotaro as an author, as an illustrator has come. Uh, and I continue to look forward to, I think we're kind of at a turning point for Dragon Ball Super where we're spinning our wheels a little bit here with the superhero adaptation and who knows what's going to come next. I hear their TV series is coming back any day though. So, well, it started last month. Oh shit. I missed it. Did you start the episode guide? Yeah, we'll get there. It is time to open your heart to Super Dragon Ball Heroes, the true future of the franchise. Look, I have all those volumes behind me. I have shelves of Psycho Jump. Do not talk to me about Super Dragon Ball Heroes manga. I'm but that's of, good content. I'm one of three people buying it. I flip through it every month. Look, I, I got that Psycho Jump on, right here. On the episodes. I'm behind on those. Let's see what's happening this month. I got to find the chapter. As soon as reliable translators start doing the heavy lifting of translating Super Dragon Ball Heroes again, oh. I'll tune in. Let's see. Vegito's using a Keyblade on this Demigra. Yeah, it looks like Demigra has transformed. Oh, cool. Is Bardock still franchises? there? Uh, I don't know if Bardock's here. Let's see. Trunks, who I believe is Super Saiyan God, is slicing Cell. Uh, I love that now see. everybody's just Super Saiyan God. 
Yeah, like that's you get red hair, you get red hair. There's, ooh, nice big two-page spread. Cell just fired a giant blast. Trunks is slicing it back. Let's see. Because I have explode? so many questions there. Like, we, you go through the whole ritual thing to get Goku. Did they all get together one afternoon, have a few beers, and be like, let's make Vegeta, let's do Trunks. Let's, like, just... Well, hey, Heath, we know from it, Super that Vegeta achieved it through training. He did it God. on his own. I'm actually blanking on how Trunks no, got it. No, I, like, ritual I like my version better. Just beers? Well, see, Heath in the, the video yeah, game Beerus Dragon Ball showed- Z Kakarot. <laughs> uh, let's see. Last page here is, I think this is a one-armed future Gohan. Um, there always has to be time travel involved. He just saved that Trunks. That has to yeah. be a thing. So... Giant space-time tournament still happening in Super Dragon Ball Heroes. Not to be confused with the space-time tournament from Dragon Ball Fusions. There's so much manga out there right now. Yes. And Mike is the only person on the planet following all of them, (laughs) because I certainly am not. Following is in quotes, but, you know, I'm keeping up with that manga guide page there for, you want to know how many chapters and what that issue was and how much it cost? Yeah, you can go check out that manga guide page. That's for sure. What about that GT anime comic? Is that still going? That's still going. Yeah, let's see what we're up to here. All right. Um, we got to look for the like five color pages in this issue. And it's, it's, usually, it's the usually only colored pages far in. back in the magazine. Where is it this month? Because I see that at the local Kino Kinia, and it's always more expensive than everything else. So I choose not to buy well, it. Well, because it's in, in full color there. Okay, so remember that we started with the evil dragons, went to the end of the series, looped back around to the beginning of Dragon Ball GT. So now we have Super Saiyan 4 Goku versus giant golden gray ape baby. They are fighting. Oh, that's almost what killed Victory Mission. Oh, no, that was Broly. Yeah, they're just fighting. It's just those two going at it. They need to bring (laughs) baby back. Dragon Ball Super. I mean, that's what victory mission and the heroes was doing they're like you know baby this character baby that character i mean Merge if the all together. army can come back all right we talked about battle of gods we talked about a whole bunch of stuff here this is episode 502 of konzenshu the podcast at this point i'm just literally flipping through psycho jump and telling you what's in the issue we should end the episode uh ken i'm gonna go over to you again on loan from we got a podcast i will say however i had doug on my show first I had Randy on my show first, and I had you on my show first. So y'all started here. Wonderful. <laughs> and then left. I made a great show on your own, and I listen to it every time, too. Thank you. So, uh, what's up with We Got a Pod? Uh, we have just started reviewing Dragon Ball GT. I think Randy calls it the retrospective of auspiciosity, which shares some initials with another show about reviewing GT. Interesting. On a certain podcast. Yeah, yeah. Episodes one through five, uh, that episode comes out on the 14th of June, 2023. Yeah, so this week you actually get uh, a couple. I've been desperately trying to arrange it so we can at least have like every other week where our shows are coming out. So there's like a weekly, some kind of podcast content. But um, as we were talking a little bit beforehand, uh, sickness, knock that off schedule for me. Allergies, man. No, I went out into public and saw people and caught every oh, disease known to man. So Don't do that. <laughs> no, that was a mistake. Um sitting here in my basement again for the rest of 2023. Um, can we get a pod where all great podcasts are found? Uh, yes. And now on YouTube video version. So if you want to see all of Doug's three super Yixing long figures and a whole mess of other stuff that he purchases, <laughs> definitely check that out. And his bathroom. Yes. Which will one day we won't be able to see it anymore. 
and then we'll know he's in trouble. Oh, you know how be... Mike is going to like die when all the V jump and Psycho jump fall on him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing's going to happen to Doug, but it's going to be figures. Last thing he sees before he dies is one star. It'll be dragon. glorious. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be absolutely glorious. What a way to go. We'll host an intervention soon. But I feel like we've tried several times, but then we just end up enabling each other. How many bootleg super figures are you at now? I got two more coming. <laughs> Every time I said Mike a picture of a new figure that I got, he's like, oh, I bet I can get that one. And then he gets a knockoff version. <laughs> I only did that once because I wanted I to see what, what the process was like. He All right. He'd send me a photo of the Goku in the yard rat outfit holding the finger up. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I, I, I saw a bootleg of that on AliExpress. I want to see if I buy that, if it's like literally just, you know, after hours, the same mold, or mm-hmm. if it's a bad one. Let me tell That's you, a bad one. that face is not so good on that character. <laughs> on the flip side, I think Granola looks awesome. Dude, yeah. that one, they did a great job on that. So Shoisha needs to step it up. Uh, Heath, how about you? What's going you on? You know, just living life. Cool. I, I got nothing else. Between work, kids, and being at everyone's beckoning demand, here I am. But I would like to be on the podcast more. I bought this boom arm for a reason so that it, I can It looks great. Add- you sound great. Everything's great, Heath. There you go. It's just fantastic. I mean, you text me and I'll be like, yes, Mike, I'll step in my office and abandon my family for the night. Let's do it. I know. I feel bad about it, but I'm like, eh, he did this last time. I think it would be worth it. Um, he, it's okay. When you were here last, we recorded another podcast that we I did. mentioned was going to be a post 500 podcast. So that'll be coming in the future. I think I'm going to do the other one first before yours because the other one is like five years old at this point. So I should mm-hmm. probably put that out. Probably. Um, so stay tuned. We get some more Heath material coming in your ears and that's already been recorded. Yes. And Ken, even though you got your own podcast going over there, I'm going to keep dragging you over here because I have more topics that I want to talk about with you. I will come back anytime you need me. That all said, www.kanzenshuu.com. That is The Kaizenshu. You can find us on the internet at kazeshu.net for all your official Daichenshu uh, statements of feats. Um, Please enjoy. Consenshu, the official guidebook for the entire Dragon Ball franchise. Go buy it now. The, the fucking Daisenshu. I log on sometimes and I see that up there and I'm like, oh shit, did I leave? Oh, okay. I'm logged in. That's good. I did show that to Mary. It's just like, it's pretty good. It's only you two that see I will, it. <laughs> I will switch that back at some point. <laughs> no, you got to leave it there forever. And let's not tell people what we're talking about. Amazing. Um, so that's the website. Check it out. Uh, we got more podcasts coming your way, assuming that the mucus in my nose continues to leave uh, and not stay up there. Uh, I will see you next time. Normally, I would say here, check us out Saturday night for Mario Kart, but I'm actually off this week uh, because what? I'm going to be at uh, Anime Next here in New oh. Jersey. Um, I totally forgot to mention that. Hopefully this is out in time. Maybe you're going to the convention. Uh, I ran the AMV contest there for several years from 2003 to 2008. And uh, I had pitched a couple of years ago to good friend Peter, uh, Peter and Katie, his wife there, uh, who run the AMV department. Um, longtime AMV buddies, friends. Um, hey, it would be really cool. Convention has been going for over 20 years now. I went to the first convention. Mary and I won the first AMV contest, Anime Next, and then we took over the AMV contest. It'd be awesome to do a 20-year retrospective of like stories from the early convention years and some of the biggest winners, um, fan favorites over the years. So um, 
that got approved, and then last year they didn't have a convention. So this is the twenty strike through twenty one year AMV contest retrospective for Anime Next. Um, that's going to be Saturday night at the hotel in New Brunswick, as opposed to the actual convention center location. So if you're going, check it out. I'll see you there. Um, we'll grab a beer afterward. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a good time. You have to be at least as old as the AMV contest. Please. Yeah, that's yes. horrifying. The AMV that we sent to the first contest is older than a lot of the attendees. On that note, good night, everybody. I mean, we can make this ultimate uncut. I can start saying some stuff. There we go. Yabba dabba, <laughs> battle of gods, you're an echo. God, at some point I remembered what all those words were. Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> because he's insane. Because <laughs> I can say he, copy and pasting it. I wanted to know it. He's a glutton for punishment. It's like Yaranochi. All right, never mind. Don't do it.